Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. I'm Anatasha Blakely, and this is an episode of Game Tape where me and the boys break down a current improv show that we had. You can check them out on YouTube. It's a little bit like our post-mortem hangout. And we had, um, I don't know, I guess a perceived failure on this show, because you'll notice in this episode we talk about learning to love the bomb and how to turn garbage into the manure for future flowers. And whether or not the show was good or bad, I'm, I don't even know what that means. It was a show. But you can hear us kind of work through our feelings. And uh, I hope you find it very interesting. We also mentioned the Utah Jazz and Katy Perry. So I'm thrilled. And I know you will be too. And now, a word from our sponsor. Improvisers of the world, Andrew here. I think we can all agree 2020 was quite a year. We all want to start 2021 on the right foot. And you know what? You beautiful humans, you don't have to do it alone. 2020 was a year of isolation. Let's make 2021 the year you find your community again. A dear, dear friend of mine, Kimberly Alou, at the People's Improv Theater, The Pit, is here to help you break through barriers and find the fun in the new year. Take a whole host of classes, including Fundamentals of a Form, where you can learn 12 improv forms throughout the year, There's also how to start a virtual indie improv team where you and your new classmates will spend six weeks developing a brand new form specifically tailored for this virtual world we found ourselves in. And also, approach to dramatic improv where things slow down and you'll find the power of silence in your scene work. So, whether you're a newbie improviser looking to up your game or an expert looking to stay fresh, she's got a class for you. Let me just say, Kimberly's been a great friend. She's been there for me. And she knows improv, so I know she can be there for you. Check out her upcoming classes, including start dates and pricing, at aluhu.com. That's A-L-U-W-H-O.com or thepit-nyc.com. That's T-H-E-P-I-T-N-Y-C.com. You're listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. Hey, Jacob, I don't know if you can hear me, but I really like your headband. I do, too. Oh, God, wait, thank you, but wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's adorable, <laughs> Natasha. I know he really is. He's a cutie. I mean, we just had a, a show about talking da- go dogs. bear, and- if you will. Oh, what? Whoa. Give me that. Cats Give me that headband. Okay. Does one of the jazz players wear a headband? Two of them do. Mike, Mike Connolly does. And Royce and- Lindell. Yeah. Clarkson. Oh yeah, oh, Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson does, does too. Yeah. yeah. Well, pasta doesn't. No, pasta doesn't. I think bench players do. <laughs> Guess who pasta is? I have no clue. I'm gonna say Faves because of his hair. Uh, George Niang, <laughs> because he looks, he looks like, like someone. He too much pasta. Yeah, he just looks like he <laughs> eats at Olive Garden a lot. That's the impression I get from him. That's he orders amazing. the tour of Italy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> the tour of Italy. Did you see his blow by Zion dunk yesterday? Oh yeah, he is. Ugh, why are you bringing advertisements into this, Travis? Man. He is delightful. 
Well, I want to talk today about a very important storm chaser uh, subject, which is, did you watch Katy Perry perform in DC just now? Was it amazing? Why is she so wonderful? Is she actually a human or is she an illusion? And what was your favorite thing about it? Here's what I'll say. I'll say that I go back and forth on whether John Mayer made a mistake with Katy Perry or not. I would say okay, most your day, opinion isn't an opinion. Travis, what's perfect about Katy Perry? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. My uh, my phone. This is an important call. I have to take you guys this. are garbage. So sorry. This was as important as her Super Bowl halftime performance. She should get a tattoo to commemorate this wonderful night. And I had tears in my eyes. What did she sing? Firework. And there were a bunch of fireworks, like a lot. It was pretty epic. I will say, Katy Perry, full of positivity. I couldn't think of someone who would be better suited. I feel like her music is suited for this kind of a moment. Totally. Beautiful, optimistic, positive. You know, maybe a little... Uh... Your opinion is starting to not matter anymore, John Mayer alike katie's Perry, katie perry's music uh is embedded in our dna i remember clearly when we were starting as a team listening to roar on a regular basis together yes in fact one of the first times we hung out as a team i said guys and kendra you have to watch this music video and it was roar by katie perry and then travis brought us roar bars back from ireland because he's a good friend and wanted to make up for having missed the first four rehearsals or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess we should get, let's talk about the show a little bit. We just Great. performed on this, the day of Joe Biden's inauguration. We did a show with a suggestion, talking dog. There were talking dogs. There was talking to dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was your, how, like, what's your impression of this show y'all? I want to start this podcast off with a really super negative note and just say, I kind of feel like I played like hot garbage tonight. I just wasn't feeling in it. Now to support you, I'm going to say yes. And <laughs> I kind of felt like hot garbage too. So at least we were on the same page. I was like really in my, I was really in my head. Yeah. yeah we were giving really energy to the positivity that's sweeping our nation right now. And we were at the end of a long, emotionally taxing day. None of us knew if there was going to be another terrorist attack, if we were going to be around to see the sunset. So we made it to an improv show on a very beautiful day. And I felt like heart, 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 fucking hell. <laughs> You can't even talk now. That's how out of it we are. Oh, Pish, you almost landed that plane so beautifully. You were so close. <laughs> Do you want to try one more time? No, moments passed. Yeah, even if he nailed it the second time, I wouldn't include it. I would just cut it right out. Uh, such is my life. All right. Well, Travis, why do you feel like that was a harder show for you? Okay, I think there's... Uh, for just speaking for myself, I think the past couple of shows we've done, I've been like really high energy and really playful and really silly and goofy, which has been a lot of fun. And I think is something for that I found that helps me like power through the awkwardness of Zoom. But the downside of it is I've been listening really poorly. So today I was like, I'm going to play one light at a time. I'm going to play slow. I'm going to listen hard. 
but what it came out as was like being hesitant and judging myself and not being confident in my moves and not trusting my impulses. Isn't that a double-edged sword? Indeed. Do you feel like if there's something that you're working on that's new or that you haven't done in a while, that it's sort of, you have to almost have a show where you're like running the brown water, getting the rust off. Like it's a, it's a wheel that needs to be oiled. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I feel times that by 10 for Zoom. You know, it's just another degree of difficulty. Especially because the type of listening you're trying to do is like, ah, okay, we can't make eye contact. Like, not really. Like, I can look at you, but it's not, I'm not 100% sure you're looking at me. Like, there's there's just a lot of dumb factors that I want to punch. What about you guys? What, what about this show was tricky for you? Why don't you tell me why you think I think I was hot garbage? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no. you played like shit. Honestly, uh -huh. yep. I felt yeah, like yeah, you yeah. were absent. You were thinking about something else for totally. half the time you were yep. talking to me. A hundred percent. Yes, yes. And then why did you just like eat that Hot Pocket right in the middle of the show? There's not a clip of that. <laughs> I love Hot Pockets. I love Hot Pockets too. I haven't eaten one in a decade, but I love them. Nothing wrong with a good Hot Pocket. When I was in middle school, I had a couple theater geek friends and we would have Hot Pocket musical nights where we just get a couple boxes of Hot Pockets, warm them up and watch a new musical. And that was like my favorite thing to do. If you guys want to have a Hot Pocket musical night soon, let me know. I would love that. Sure. And and Bo Brewster and Katie Peterson, if you're out there, I just like told everyone what a huge nerd you are. I'm so sorry, but I love you. Anyway, I think, <laughs> I don't know why it was so hard for me. I was just very in my head, which I think A, made me a bad listener and B, I don't feel like I was really paying enough attention to what I was being given. I was like way too concerned about myself and what I was doing. I felt a little lost. There were a couple of times too, and I think it's partly the hesitancy that I'm talking about for myself and maybe partly like lag. But as I went back and watched the show, there were like two or three moments where we both or all or like any number or combination of us like made moves at the same at the exact same time. But like the moves were like, different. Does that make sense? And I had a really hard time switching up my dream. And I'd be like, Wait, that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. So then we had to like reckon with three opposing or just different colors of paint. So let's try to make this a, a valuable thing to listen to pitch teach us how to be, fix that yeah pish teach us how to be better improvisers because since you came on a beautiful day and played like and we were hot garbage well i'll tell you this i woke up at 8 31 a.m pst and uh 8 30 a.m pst and 8 31 a.m pst an earthquake hit my house and shot me full of adrenaline so from second one i was i was shot out of bed with this uh, boatload of adrenaline my system and then went straight downstairs to go watch the inauguration which was beautiful and then after that my whole routine was thrown off for the day I didn't know where I was I'm still acclimating to be back in LA this is our first my first show of the year I feel like I didn't know where I was where my head was at but anyways I have I, I don't know how to make y'all better impro improvisers I've been trying for seven years and nothing's worked so I, I'm not gonna pretend like it's gonna start he's working. begged he's 
hired coaches. He's tried to be an example. He's straight up written intervention letters and time and time again, Travis and I just aren't funny. Yeah. But look at this. This is a nugget. I'm pulling this. You want to stop breaking in your improv? Got a hack for you. Legitimate hack. Okay. All right. Wiggle your toes on the ground. It basically grounds you. It forces you to balance yourself on the ground. You can't be off center. Since my friend told me about this in December, every time in our show where I've started to feel myself breaking, I've started to ground myself and I have not. Wow. Oh. Did you use that tonight? I did use that tonight. I did. And the second that I did that, I also kind of reminded myself to pay really close attention and make eye contact with Anatasha, who was in the scene at the time. I was like, be emotionally affected by her. Let myself feel first, and then I can make a decision. And then I can make an improv choice. But I have to be grounded and feel something first and be locked in with my partner before I can do that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I think's at the center of the universe? What? You. I want a divorce. It's making me wish that I didn't feel like such a hack. <laughs> Thing is though, is I'm not angry about it. I don't, I don't feel like angry or disappointed. Just clocking that I was like, oh, that was hard. Didn't didn't feel great. Didn't feel in flow. Okay. And I'm not quite sure 100% why yet. Probably Travis's fault. <laughs> Pretty good odds. One, th you, one thing you're saying, Pish, reminded me of a moment in the show of just like clocking your scene partner and being grounded was you started the scene by saying, you look angry. You just observed something and you said something that was honest. I felt such a relief because I had felt so hesitant and like lost and clunky that like that was something that felt true and I could work with. You look angry. Well, I feel a bit angry. I just poured my heart out to you. That was stupid. It made me feel really grounded and connected to you. It's a simple thing. Just look at your scene partner and say something real. And it gives you a good place to start the scene. Yeah, I remember. I think I did that because I was in a place where I felt like my head was in the clouds. I needed to really come back to looking at y'all, being a good listener. Okay, I have a compliment for you too. I, I had one moment, and this is also proof that I was just in my own world probably, but you were having a conversation about being like, I can't be married. I've stayed in things too long, and it was a mistake, and it was like this pretty like tense scene between the two of you. And because dogs was a suggestion and it had come up a couple of times in my head, I was like, from the very beginning of the scene, I was just imagining that the two of you were dogs, but that there were no references to dogs. There was nothing like cheeky about it. I was just like those two people talking. They're not people at all. <laughs> so I like think I came in to like feed you or pet you. And to and for as random as that is, to your credit, the two of you just took it as an edit and made it something new that 100% made sense. I don't think there's anything wrong with me being like, oh, I'm going to turn this serious scene into being like their dogs talking. 
but I think it made more sense to just be like, that's an edit. And I felt really supported that I could come out and almost throw something in from left field. And you guys were like, yep, that's what we're doing now. I just don't understand. Just if, if I'm not going to be present in this, then it wouldn't have been good for you either. So this is good for both of us. It hurts now, but it's good for both of us. All right, guys. Ready for dinner? Ah, yeah. Come on. Come on, boys. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You ready for dinner? Come on. Come here. Come on. Let's go. What are we, what are we having? You just some dog chow. Pish especially, what, as I watched that scene, I was like, man, Pish just flipped his energy on the dime and was like the cutest funniest happiest you guys got it there's no way to put that to show you how good of a dog he was in the in a sound bite so you got to go find the show and just watch pish being a dog because it that'll was- be a show clip on instagram because he was a very cute dog and i just i i feel like um the, him flipping the energy and going straight into that it's like it ends up being a gift even though i'm like thinking one thing it doesn't matter it's like it was accepted in a way and elevated. Also, his dog made me ashamed of ashamed of my dog. Pish and I did a clown program together, the school for theater creators, and I kept hearing Paula's voice being like, "That's your dog? Like you're not you're not a dog. You're not a dog. You're you're human." And I was like, oh, "No, be a better dog." I was like, "What? Yeah, not. I was like, I was like, "Oh, what's the state of a dog?" And I was like, oh, "I'm too in my head." I was like, "I don't want to be physical and distracting." And I was like, "I can't have fun." Ah! You literally had a class flashback during the show. Yes, that's how I know I wasn't in. I was not. That's why I'm a hack. I wasn't present. I was like. <laughs> We have been doing shows on Zoom now for a while, but I think we need to give ourselves still some credit that there's a pandemic sweeping the globe still, and specifically in the city that we live in, it's not looking good right now. You know, threats of terrorist attacks. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, guys. So we got to give ourselves some credit there as far as our head being in the clouds. True, but it is a, you know, a challenge. It's like I want to be able to focus in any way but I'm not I'm not angry that I didn't today you know I'm just trying to think of like how to make my batting average higher I think maybe some kind of meditation beforehand might have helped me a little or something well I think the both of you did great in today's show and there's a lot to be very positive about I think we were really playful throughout the whole thing there were multiple points where both of you made me laugh from the sidelines What's funny about shows, even that I'm like hot garbagey shows, is like that does not necessarily mean I didn't have fun. I still find a lot of joy in watching y'all and playing with y'all. I also think it's really, there was a really funny dynamic that when the scene that Travis and I were playing dogs, that Travis was playing a dog that could talk and was obviously intelligent, and my dog was a complete idiot. Look at this guy. He doesn't complain at all. You know what I mean? Sure. He doesn't complain well, at all. I, uh, I don't mean to be ungrateful. I don't mean. Can I get some of those scratches? Well, uh, scratches are for good boys. Are you a good boy? Of course, I'm a good boy. I'm the best boy. Well, I mean, you're a greedy boy. No, you're okay. Well, you're okay. Uh, you see, he loves his food. 
I just, it smelled like you had some other things going and I thought maybe you might, you know, I didn't know if it was for us or if it was for somebody else. I made German pancakes and they're not, they're, that's human food. Oh, I love German yeah. pancakes. Yeah, no, but that's not going to be good for you though. Oh. It's going to, it's not going to extend your life span. Oh, come on. You know? Yeah, no. Come no, on. No. no. I thought that was a really nice dynamic. I loved that. That was the most clear scene to me. It was so clear to me, my relationship with Travis's dog, Joker, that I was like, you're not the favorite dog. You're probably like, I like probably adopted both of you together and then like regretted one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, what was it? Cosmos? Cosmo, yeah. Cosmo. I was like, oh, this guy, I want him in real life. He's so great. He's so cute. Yeah, that was easily my favorite scene of the night for sure as well. I feel like it was clear what the thing was. I was just super tickled by Pish's dog. It was very clown-like in that sense. It was really fun and playful. I think Paolo would have been Paolo would have been proud of you. I agree. You're, you, that was a dog state. I also thought, Tosh, it was a really good move to not comment on the fact that I could talk. Otherwise, it could have been a scene about could have been a scene about how I was talking, which would have been really boring. Yeah, there's not there's nothing wrong with it with talking about things so literally but I kind of prefer when I'm like this is the universe and then what's it like to live in that universe instead of comment on it mm -hmm. so anytime I can be like further into just how that person lives their life rather than be have it my mind boggled by you know a talking dog exist I'd just rather do that I also really enjoyed I think it was the first scene with the dog Adolf <laughs> And how at the very end, I think Anatasha probably meaning to transition the scene, set a line, and then both Travis and I almost at the same exact time said, you can talk? <laughs> Actually, I, I knew I could talk the whole time. I was like, this is 100% a talking dog who just doesn't have anything to say yet. <laughs> and I was, like, the, I was like, the moment I have something to say, I'll talk. And then it just like kept going and kept going and kept going. And then you shot me. And I was like, what? Of course, I got to say something now. You just killed me. I love that scene, too, is a, is a good scene to look back on because it is one of those scenes for me where I was like, I am not on the same page as these other people. I thought I was the dog at the top of the scene. And then Tosh was also the dog at the top of the scene. And then we both were the dog. And then I was like, oh, no, I was like, oh, Tosh is. Tosh is the dog. Oh, I'm not the dog. That means I'm this person. I'm so sorry to do this to you, but I, I think we might have to take him back. Yeah, I wish we could go. I wish we all could go back to the 1800s. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, what? You're sick. You're just, you're disgusting. What? All right. We can't take the dog back. I felt so lost, but we got through it and it did end up being kind of a fun, silly scene. Okay, I have a couple questions. Now, I don't feel badly about the show. No. But I've definitely had times in my life where a show was really rough and afterwards I had a hard time recovering from it. So do you have any memories of a show that was hard to recover from how did you, what was your self-talk like? How, how did you work through that? And what did you learn from it? 
And not because I was like, I'm not beating myself up, but I'm curious, like, because I feel like part of the reason I'm not, I think if this show had happened like four years ago, I would be mad at myself. Yeah. It's hard because I think now I'm with you that like this show, it is what it was. I had fun. You know, we would, maybe our moves weren't as clean, as tight as we like them to be, but we have another show next week, so I'm not going to dwell. I can't think of any specifics from years ago, but there definitely was a time when I wanted every show to be great. And I approached each show with this, like it was too precious with my, with the shows and I really wanted to knock it out of the park. And it was really concerned with how the other improvisers and the audience members watching our show, I was really worried about what they thought about me. So if I had a bad show, like not only did I feel bad about playing bad, but I was also like, Oh no, that guy thinks I'm a bad improviser now. Like I put a lot of weight on our shows. So I guess, my self-talk now is like it's fine everybody has bad shows nobody is going to remember this so why should you let's move on to the next one what about you pish yeah i mean i don't think i've had very healthy self-talk for a large portion of my life up until more recently i think my method was probably kind of similar to travis's although i felt like i would just kind of disconnect myself from the feeling I would distract myself with other things until we had another show or just something else in my life became more important to think about. I don't think that's entirely healthy to do that. You know what I mean? To run away from those emotions. I don't know. I, I remember having a couple bad shows some nights and then we had another show to do at a theater that was that we had to drive to. And then we drive to that theater, do the second show and the second show would be phenomenal that would totally flip my energy yeah those nights were interesting because i imagine it's like being down a couple touchdowns in a football game and then it's like the fourth quarter and like you feel like crap but you're tom brady so you're able to kind of be a comeback kid it's like when we'd have two shows in a night and the first one was bad we we had a choice on onto whether or not we wanted to hold on to that energy. Like we were, there were many times where we were able to let go, and then our second show would be rocking. Yeah, it was, and man, it was so much easier to get over a bad show when you knew you had a show the next night. Which, in the height of our LA improv runs, we'd have you know four shows in a week. It'd be really easy to be like, well, we got one tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about it. Just going to try to bring in those lessons to the new one. Boc would be like, you can be mad about it for as long as the show was so if it was 15 minutes or 30 minutes be mad for about that long and then you gotta give yourself a a break i like that um so then i'd be like okay cool i'll be upset for a little bit go on a walk maybe take one lesson and just like shoo the rest away i remember a show one time that i was doing a duo cage match with jess euler we were having a really hard time and the audience was not laughing at maybe our first three scenes. We didn't have much time left. It was a short, quick set. And I just completely gave up. I was like, they literally are not laughing at anything right now. So I just dropped everything that I was trying to do to be funny. And I started grabbing wood to chop it at the center of the stage. And for some reason, people in the audience started laughing. It really hit home to me because it was like, it was so clearly at the moment that I let go that the audience started reacting and you know what that costs you 15 dollars. my venmo is at andrew pish a-n-d-r-e-w-p-i-s-h worth every penny 
You know, Jess Euler is a great person to have during a show like that because I feel like she finds joy in so much on stage that I was like, I can't even count the number of times when I'm like, well, I'm making Jess laugh. And that would like bring me enough joy that like my energy would change. It makes me think of this whole conversation makes me think of that Stephen Colbert article, Love the Bomb. Like this show isn't like the best, but when you have a bomb and you learn to celebrate that, I would recommend anyone who's listening to this who hasn't read that article, search it, Google it, find it. It is awesome. And it's a really healthy way to look at those moments in your performing where you don't feel the best about it. I kind of love it. It means you're playing. It means you're growing. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about the things that made me feel weird today. And uh, so I usually perform barefoot here at home because screw shoes. You know what? You got to feel the earth on your feet every once in a while. Um, but part of my foot health agenda recently. Let me see if I can stick my foot up to the oh, yeah. camera. You see it? Is that, what is that? Uh, toe, toe separators. You painting your toes yep. or realigning your feet? Trying to realign those toes, baby, so I can get better grip on the ground. Love that. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. Well, tra Travis, can you, like, how strong are your toes? Can you, like, spread your toes? Some people, like, can't, don't have any separation. No, I can't separate my toes. Not at all. Are you oh. supposed to be able to? I can go like, I can go like this. What? I have no. Yeah. Let's see. Hold on. I can move my big toe really well. What? I mean, it's, it's, it's little, it's like the slightest movement, but it feels good. Yeah. Look at mine are all crowded. Oh no. I need to get toe separators. I've also broken like all my toes like a thousand times because my feet are so big and they stick out everywhere. I stub them all the time. So my, the bones in most of my toes are like jelly. It's kind of gross. Mm -hmm. Well, so uh, the reason we're talking about this is because I was wearing toe separators during the show. And I think it weirded me out. <laughs> it's a very odd feeling. And it weirded me out. Yeah, I know. I could tell. But anyways, if you know, if you add too many weird things going on, sometimes you think it's not going to be a big deal. Zoom is already weird. So it's like you can't have any extra weird things because Zoom's already weird. Yeah, if anyone out there is listening, doing Zoom shows or watching Zoom shows, we would love to know your struggles and your tips and the things you like to see, the things you like to do. Yeah. Let us know. Stormchaserimprov at gmail.com. Well, I think my one takeaway for the show is to pay more attention and think less. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> Just pay attention, Blakely, and your improv will be better. All right. Well, this is great. Thank you so much. On to the next one. And everybody respect your dog. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Storm Chaser Improv podcast show. Please rate and review and check us out at stormchaserimprov.com. We're also on Instagram at stormchaserla. Thank you for being here. And uh, you know what? I hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show.